welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo, the director of AGLCA. Today, we're continuing our monthly story of our Great Loop series, and today we're going to be talking to the Gilpins. Hal and Wendy are um, gold loopers who completed the loop aboard their Grand Banks 42, and they'll be sharing all of those details with us. But before we jump into that, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support The Great Loop. So officially, I'd like to welcome Hal and Wendy to The Great Loop Radio Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. No problem. Thanks, Thanks Thank for you. having us. Yeah, I appreciate you being here, and it was fun seeing you out there when you were doing The Loop. But for those who didn't have that opportunity, um, let's you know start with who you are, how you what your boating experience was before The Loop. Okay. Well, Wendy and Hal Gilpin, as you said, um, just prior to the loop, we had, well, for all of our lives, we had basically been in retail, but the last 10 years, we were the owners of a bed and breakfast. So just prior to the loop, we owned that bed and breakfast for about 10 years. We sold the bed and breakfast, um, actually just prior to the pandemic and, um, found ourselves living on our boat and made plans to start the loop. We figured we're on the boat. We may as well, you know, head, head south. Mm -hmm. We had bought the boat about a year before we sold the business and, um, or a year and a half. And so it gave us, we had two, we had two summers in the Great Lakes to get used to the boat. And to be honest, it's a 42 foot Grand Banks and it's the first boat we've owned. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it was, it was fun, mm -hmm. you know, challenging and fun. We had boated with our other friends for about 10 or 15 years on their boat. So I had experience through that. Um, but after we sold the business, we really didn't know where we wanted to retire or, or live. And we thought we'd like to live on the boat for a while, which is why we started. And so we, we went onto the boat in April of 2019 and stayed on it then for 18 months uh, straight. As okay. we did the loop and, and spent the summer, we spent the summer in the Great Lakes, and then in the fall, that fall of of twenty twenty, we started the loop. Yeah, or 2021. Yeah, right. All the years blur together. Yeah, they really do. And and it, you <laughs> did, um, as you said, you got to spend more than one summer on the Great Lakes, which is really kind of phenomenal. Um, so let's talk a little bit about kind of how you went about this. You hadn't personally owned a boat before, so. With a 42 footer, yes, you decided to spend some time getting used to her first. Um, yep. So where did you keep her during that time and, and where did you do your cruising? We are birthed up in Racine, Wisconsin at Reef Point Marina. That's our mm -hmm. home port. Um, and so what we did is we did actually, um, during the summer we took, um, especially the summer prior, we took two weeks and we went um, across the lake and we went up to Mackinac City and, and uh, St. Ignis um, and down the was down the Michigan side to Frankfurt. So we did about a, a an 800 mile trip in about 15, 20 days um, with our traveling buddies and just just to get used to the boat, 
um, used to the nuances of it um, and things, found out quite a few things, found out I needed brand new batteries because they all went dead on me while during the trip yep. um, and things like that. So it was it was a good learning experience and and getting used to it and, and just learning how to operate it and 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 run it. So. Yeah, it's such a great experience for, uh, and we recommend it for loopers that even if you've had a boat before, if this is the first, you know, if you're buying a boat for the Great Loop, it's so good to gain some experience aboard that boat first and, you know, learn how it handles, learn how, what you're going to do during docking, find those problems, um, as you mentioned, the batteries. Um, and I've had some loopers who tell me that they're so thankful they did that and had a, a consistent mechanic to work on their boat while they were kind of in that trial phase so that if something went wrong, they had somebody they knew and trusted, but then somebody they could rely on after they did leave on the loop and we're having you know, a small problem somewhere far away. There was somebody who knew the boat and that they trusted that they could call and get some feedback, yeah. even if they didn't end up finding a local mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad that worked out. That, yeah, it's nice to have somebody that knows your boat. Mm -hmm. And we had a mechanic that worked on ours for two years, You know, just making sure that everything was ready to go. Um, you know. So that, like you say, if, if something went wrong, we at least would have been able to call back and touch base and give that information to whoever, you know, we had to work on the boat. So right. it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we, go ahead, Al. Oh, I said we were fortunate because we, we didn't have any real problems on the loop with the, mm -hmm. the motor. It yeah, ran perfectly. Um, the only issue we had was an, um, as we were heading up the Hudson, um, we thought we had a bad inverter. But we went to find out that we um, it was the place we were staying at was putting out too much voltage, and it was actually the voltage regulator in the inverter that shut it off. So we ah. thought we were going without one for a while until we got to to Brewerton, um, mm -hmm. and we had to check it out. And that's actually where we bought the boat um, in Brewerton, New York. And so they were familiar with it, and they diagnosed it, and they said, "No, everything's running fine. It's just it shut off because of a safety concern." And and so that was it. That, that was, was the only problem we had in the entire loop. Wow, that's fabulous. Yeah. So um, you mentioned you're homeported in Racine at Reef Point. That is an AGLCA sponsor, so we thank them for that. And we've got a few in Brewerton. So um, which where did you buy the boat, and where did you take it that time? Um, we were in Winter Harbor. We bought it in yep. Winter Harbor. Yep. 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 yep, another and AGLCA then, sponsor. So thanks for that. Yes, yep. and it was a great marina. They're both great marinas. Yeah, actually. they really are. They really yeah. are. And we purchased the boat in. Um, well, we looked at it in in an August time period. We purchased it in April, and then we left the boat in Brewerton from April until August because we were still running the B and B at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I flew out there. I hired a captain who helped me with the boat and brought, we brought it back to, to Racine. Um, and we actually did that trip in 11 days. Right. So wow. we really, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1100 <trip>. miles. It <laughs> was, wow. it was, we, 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 we went hard and long, long days, but mm -hmm. I learned a lot on it then. Um, and so then we brought it back. We had it in Racine for the rest of that summer. And then the following summer right. before we left the loop. Yeah. So we've been talking about, you know, where you got the boat and, and how you um, cruised on her for a summer before starting. We really haven't talked about what kind of boat it is. I think I mentioned in the intro that it was a Grand Banks 42. Is that correct, though? Yes. Yeah. It's a okay. 42 Grand Banks 2002. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it, it's a classic, the 42 mm -hmm. classic. It's a single engine, which is quite unusual for Grand Banks. Most okay. of them are dual engines. And I really prefer a single engine. And I wanted one. Um, it has a bow and a stern thruster, so it's quite maneuverable. 
mm -hmm. um, and easy because the, the boat I was familiar with was the Nordic tug and they are single engines. And so mm -hmm. I just felt, I felt more comfortable and I, I felt I could control it better with a single engine than with the dual. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with the controls and how those work and, and everything. So it, it, it worked out perfectly, but it has, it has two state rooms, the salon, two, two heads in it. It has a flybridge. Um, we actually, um, when we, when we lower our mask and our, our um, bimini down and everything, we were able to do the Western portion of the Erie Canal because we could get under the, the fixed bridges. Um, gotcha. And we did that, so. Mm -hmm. And was that, this was during the, probably one of the summers that the Canadian border was closed for most of the summer, wasn't it? it was, yeah. No, it was they the, were open. The okay. Open, but it was the well, it was last summer. It was the summer that there were some challenges in yeah. Canada with, yeah. with, with, you know, um, mm -hmm. many of the, many of the um, things being closed. So right. we had actually, we debated and then we finally decided we were just going to do the Erie Canal and mm -hmm. absolutely loved it. I mean, I, I don't think you can do anything wrong on any of the trips that you choose. You just, you take them for a different reason and you enjoy them for, you know, for what they have to offer. So the Erie Canal, we were lucky we could get under those bridges. Mm -hmm. um, it, there, it was not crowded. It yeah. was absolutely it was beautiful. The small town, if you can get past, if you can go past the Oswego Canal, and if you can get past that and continue on the Erie, the small towns there are just wonderful. They are absolutely phenomenal um, and friendly. And, and the marina, you know, it's not even marina. You just pull up to the walls. They, they it's, it's almost like a, it's, um, they barely even charge anything for docking there and stuff, yeah. or it's on the honor system and everything. And, and the people are so friendly and, and, and stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. It really is on the, on the Erie. Um, we didn't do it the first year when we bought the boat because I didn't have the paperwork to go through Canada. So we had mm -hmm. to basically come through the Erie canal and I really enjoyed right. it. And that's why we also did it again the second time because um, we debated about Canada, but we felt, no, I think we'll just stay through the Erie. And I'm, I'm kind of glad we'd made that decision, especially when that one uh, railway bridge broke down and <laughs> couldn't handle us. <laughs> yeah, as, as you said, there's kind of no wrong choice there. And more loopers probably did the Western Erie in the last three seasons or so than previously because of all the COVID issues and the Canadian border being closed. Um, and people have really raved about it. So I'm glad that, you know, the Western Erie got its chance to kind of uh, show off a little bit. Um, yes. And yeah, yes, of course, uh, the railroad bridge Hal is talking about, or the rail, Marine Railway right. um, on the Trent Severn, there were a few is mechanical issues with a few of the locks, a few of the historic right. locks there last year. Um, yeah, they gave, you, they gave you plenty of no. I'm, honestly, I, I felt like their communication about that situation was so good. You know, we still could have done it, but mm -hmm. and you could only do it one way, one way or the other. So yeah. we, <laughs> and it was, like you say, it was really, it was, the the people on the Erie Canal could not have been nicer. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so tell us what it was about the um, Grand Banks 42 Classic that made that the right choice for your loop. We know that you said it was um, single engine, which is what you were looking at. Anything yeah. about the design or the, you know, the cruising speed or what else kind of attracted you to that particular boat? Uh, the cruising speed is one. I mean, we're, we don't go fast. You know, it, we did the, you know, 6,000 miles at eight miles an hour, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and, and I like the styling. I like the lines of it um, really and truly as we, because we had looked at boats for, for quite a few years. Um, 
And I, I just wasn't into um, the sleeker ones. And I, I like the trawler because I like the space it provides you. And it really felt like a home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was comfortable. I could stand up in every spot of it. I didn't have to bend over on anything. Um, it was it was just a very comfortable boat and felt like home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, like the above, we like the galley being above so that you can see out, um, which is really nice to me because it just, again, it felt open. And mm-hmm. then um, our the, the main stateroom is in, is down, obviously down below and has a queen size bed and provides you with plenty, again, like Hal says, plenty of space to move around. You don't, um, people c- that come onto the boat are always so, so amazed at how much room this boat, as well as many others have, they, they're always, I think they're thinking that they're going to walk into this little tight little area and it's really not. They're very open, very welcoming. Um, like I say, the, the galley being up above, that was a big, that was a big one for yeah. us. Yeah. And it's also, it's, it's economical to run and operate. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing that we were looking at. And that's another reason I kind of shied away from a dual engine because dual engines is dual, dual maintenance. <laughs> Well, and, and with fuel prices where they have, I guess uh, you were probably a little bit, well, no, you definitely did hit the, you hit the the $6 oh, yeah. and, uh, and up a gallon that we hit too. So oh, yeah. Yeah. those were the times that I was like, we are on the wrong boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 We hit it, but you know what? Um, you know, it, it was what it was. And we just yeah. kept saying, Hey, if we were home and we were using our two cars and driving around every day, we would have been spending a whole lot of money on gas yeah. at the same time. So it, you know, you just had to take it for what it was and you just had to enjoy it and say, okay, it's a lot of people I know have talked about stopping because of the prices. And it was like, if we stop, then what's going to be the next year's issue. And so, right. yeah, the fuel wasn't great, but it was really good to start with. And it did start to come down as we, went as we north. went further North. So yeah. it wasn't bad. Right. So you mentioned um, in your pre-interview that the draft for the Grand Banks 42 Classic is um, about four and a half feet. So, yeah. and you mentioned you wouldn't have wanted anything that draws more than that. So did you run any into any issues? Um, you oh, know, yeah. what what's the reason for not wanting anything that draws more than that other than, you know, obviously fear of running aground, but, you know, tell us a little <laughs> bit what you experienced at four and a half feet. Well, at four and a half feet, I was you know, I still ran aground three times. Mm-hmm. Okay. But one of those times was in the dinghy. So we were able to get out mm-hmm. the other two times. We didn't yeah. have to get towed. Yep. Um, it was, we were in low water, you know, mm-hmm. we came down the Illinois river during the summer of low water as many people did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of times it was a lot of communication back and forth with the other boaters. Obviously you've got your charts and you've got everything else available to you, you've got everything, but there's nothing like talking to somebody else that's ahead of you um, by a day or so just to hear about, well, yeah, you're four and a half, we got in, we're fine. Uh, no, don't go there type yeah. of thing. So right. um, that four and a half foot is, it's sort of like, I feel like it was like the magic number. It mm-hmm. was like, you know, four and a half, you could make it anything over four and a half, you were just making, I think, some slightly different decisions. Mm-hmm. No, I, I felt comfortable with it. I mean, there were, that was, I think, probably one of the biggest surprising things, especially as it came up the East Coast, is on the ICW, I was expecting a dredge channel all the way, you know, <laughs> all the way. No, no issues, you know, six feet of water minimum or something like that. 
And I found parts of it to be very challenging. And that was probably the biggest, biggest issue I had is I go, I really don't want to deal with, with shallow water, skinny water again today, you know, <laughs> right. looking at the, looking at the, at aqua maps and all of those, you know, it's showing bright red, it's showing four feet. <laughs> I just don't want to drag bottom. And so there were actually a couple of times where we just, we, we added 10 extra miles and we just went out into the Atlantic mm-hmm. and because the Atlantic was going to be calm that day. And we went out there and I just, you know, popped it up to nine miles an hour and put it on cruise control and put my feet up. And it was great, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> just watched out that way rather than yeah. having to stare at the monitor the entire time. Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons we didn't, we did not do the dismal swamp because I wouldn't have seen anything because I would have been too busy just staring at the monitor the entire time, yeah. trying not yeah. to run aground. And that to me was not fun. Yeah. Um, so, so the rule was we're supposed to have fun and that's, yeah. That's how we did it. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And that's also why, you know, we don't uh, draw quite as much as your boat does. Um, but, you know, we have our own parameters too, where it's supposed to be right. fun. And if the wind is above something else, you know, a specific um, yep. Yep. forecast, we don't, we don't go because it's not fun. So uh, that was, that was kind of our rule. We, if we had to talk about the weather more than 15 minutes in the morning, we didn't mm-hmm. go. Yeah. We <laughs> that's a good put. rule actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, you have to have fun. That was otherwise to us, there wasn't any reason to be on, you know, to be on the journey. So, yeah. And and we ran into people who were like, they were on a schedule and that that's the worst thing you can do. You can have a plan, but God, don't be on that schedule because, you know, all of a sudden we ran into one couple, they were, they had to be in New York to catch a flight because they were going on a vacation in Ireland and they were in Cape May. And it's like, you know, so he went out in some of the crappiest weather and I'm thinking, why don't you just run in a car and leave it here? You know, it's only yeah. a 150 mile drive to New York. Right. Um, it's probably safer to take the car than it was the boat. Yeah. So, so you really have to just kind of watch it, but yeah, we just had a plan and we allowed a lot of, a lot of give and take in the plan. And we got where we wanted to be on, on specific dates that we wanted to be there, you know, that were like when we wanted to be in Annapolis, we planned it, or Washington, D.C., we planned that in, in Key West, and we made the date, but it, sure enough, all the things in between getting there changed a lot. So. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's take a quick break, and I'll play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of your cruising preferences, how long the days were, you know, how many miles per day was, was typically your average, um, anchor, anchorages versus marinas, that kind of thing. Um, and we'll cover that as soon as we come back. So we'll be back in a moment. Okay. Prop Talk is an Annapolis-based company founded in the summer of 2005 by active Chesapeake Bay boaters. The company produces Prop Talk Magazine, a monthly newsprint magazine focused on Chesapeake Bay power boating and the lifestyle surrounding boating on the bay. Every issue of Prop Talk is distributed at more than 850 carefully chosen and closely monitored locations throughout the Mid-Atlantic. Pop Talk's coverage goes deep rather than wide, and the magazine celebrates the people, places, boats, personalities, and events that make the Chesapeake one of the world's premier boating grounds. Thanks for reading and supporting the Chesapeake Bay's boating magazine. We're back on Great Loop Radio today. My guests are Hal and Wendy, and they completed the loop last year in a uh, Grand Banks 42 Classic. And they are get, telling us the story of their Great Loop adventure. So uh, where we left off, we wanted to hear a little bit more about, you know, what I call your cruising preferences. How, uh, 
what your average um, distance per day. We talked a little bit about your speed, um, mm -hmm. anchorages versus marinas. You know, how do you prefer to do this? We tried not to go over 50 miles a day. There were some days that that, that had to have, you know, we went maybe 65 or so. Um, but we, we like to leave early, so we'd leave, you know, seven, eight in the morning, and we'd, tr we'd always try and be in port by three in the afternoon at the latest, um, you know, so that we could just relax and things like that. We really found, you know, in the coming down the rivers and system and, and stuff, you, you have to anchor. Um, it, it's not our forte, and I will be honest with you on that. It mm -hmm. just is not our forte. And, and I like to sleep at night and I didn't sleep well at night when we anchored <laughs> out, you know, and, and things like that. And we, you know, we heard some of the horror stories. We had friends who were the ones that got stuck over in, by Cape Girardeau and one boat broke loose and broke off another anchor on another boat. And they both wound up out in the middle of Mississippi with barges coming in both directions and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and so really, really and truly for when we left Key West, we, we did marinas all the way up the coast, yep. all the way back home. We yeah. did not anchor out once. Um, and it's not, it, it, it didn't add that much to the expense of the trip, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Plus we enjoyed all the small towns we were at. They were phenomenal. Um, and so it was really a nice experience. And I just didn't want to have to deal with tides and, and wind and, yeah. and anchor drive, dragging and, and all that stuff. So we just chose to, to take the other route and, 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 do marinas and we're kind of gl we're glad we did yeah but we've heard of other people you know that did anchorages and they absolutely love anchorage anchoring right. out right you know again i think it's a preference we just love that we found we had some of the best marinas honestly as we went we also had really good weather yes mm -hmm. the entire the entire year mm -hmm. we had our bad time was the time when i think the rendezvous was going on in, in norfolk mm -hmm. and we ended up in in Annapolis. And I think the people in Norfolk got stuck there yeah. for maybe a week. Well, we oh, got yes. stuck in Annapolis. <laughs> yes. And yeah. we got stuck in Annapolis. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. as soon as we heard you guys were all leaving, we hightailed it out of Annapolis to, you know, just to sort of stay ahead of uh -huh. you know, the crowd that was coming behind us. But our weather honestly could not have been better. Yeah. We, as Hal says, we would leave early in the morning. We tried to do maybe we would do a day or two of one night stays. Um, and then we would do maybe a three night stay. And then every two weeks, we or th two or three weeks, we would stay for a week in a place. Um, just, especially towns that we wanted to really explore. So it we was- We also found that, that as, because we stayed in Key West for the month of January. Yeah. And so then like February 4th or something, we were headed back North. Well, all of a sudden, before we knew it, we were getting ahead of the weather. Yeah, so we slowed down. And yeah. so we had to slow down. I mean, yeah. in hindsight, I just spent two months in Key West, and we mm -hmm. still had plenty of time. Um, but yeah, we had to slow down. So we spent, you know, seven days in, in St. Augustine. We did a side trip to New Bern, um, North Carolina, or South Carolina, I can't remember. North Carolina. Um, mm -hmm. North, North Carolina, okay, New Bern. Um, we did a side trip to Washington, D.C. We did a side trip... Um, well, we stayed a long, we stayed three and a half weeks in Annapolis. Um, yeah. And so, and, you know, and our side trips were a week long in, in each of those places too. Yeah. Um, so we really, we did that. And that was refreshing because then it was like, okay, I'm going to be here for a while. This is nice. I don't have to, I can just, you know, I don't have to 
gear up and get get in my head. Okay, I got to move again. <laughs> yeah, um, and stuff like that. So it, that worked out well. Um, but we really encouraged the the side trips. Washington D.C. We probably could have spent two weeks there, to be honest. And yeah, it was, easily. We were at the yeah. Yacht Club Marina, which is mm -hmm. right right there. Um, and it's phenomenal in walking distance within everything, although you walk a, a lot, but right there, it was great. So, yeah. The, and the Capital Yacht Club actually became a sponsor the, in the past year. Um, oh, and it is oh, a great yeah. location. It's a great place to tie up. You will yep. be tied up there with some of our, you know, nation's leaders. <laughs> there literally are senators and congressmen who live there aboard um, boats at the Capital yep. Yacht Club. You yeah. know, I think people forget, I mean, we heard and we've seen and heard a lot about the cost of doing things. And somebody said, you went to Washington DC for a whole week. And first of all, we did not find the marina to be overly priced at all. And it was beautifully kept and they couldn't have been more welcoming and you felt incredibly safe. And everything else that you did other than eat in Washington DC is free. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if I go to a museum here in Chicago, it's $25. Mm -hmm. You go to a museum in Washington, D.C. So you sort of have to weigh those things and, and uh, you know, and say, okay, yeah, maybe, I, maybe I'm going to spend a little bit more time coming up the Potomac and spend a little more fuel. But gosh, the offset is you just can't, you just can't miss. That's the whole thing. We also yeah. looked at it too. I mean, when we stayed, we stayed in New York over a week, mm -hmm. al almost an entire week. And we were at, um, Oh, the, the one right across on, in, it was in uh, New Jersey, right yep, next Liberty to- Liberty Landing. Liberty yeah. Landing, thank you. Yeah, and, and they are also an AGLCA sponsor. So thank you for stopping oh, at all yeah. these AGLCA tried, sponsor marinas. We, <laughs> we love that. it. Yeah. And, and people that was were how like, we looked, so. You know, people were like, you stayed there a whole week? What about the expense? I'm like, try and get a hotel room in New York for under $200 a day. <laughs> yeah, know, very true. Yeah. So you, you have to put it in perspective. and. That was a great spot to launch out of, you know, and just you zip across the river and you're right downtown Manhattan. And mm -hmm. and then when we went to, you know, we went further up and we went up to Croton on the Hudson um, and we actually took the train back into New York for a couple of days for a day mm -hmm. um, and saw upper Manhattan, you know, yeah. from that point and, and stuff. So, yeah, it all worked out great. But yeah, yeah we were we were marina people mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um Overall, I, I think you said you had, it took you about a year. Um, 50 weeks. And, but actual cruising days in those 50 weeks was 122. Yes. Um, it, you know, and it's so interesting because regardless of the speed of the boat, you know, we ask lots of goal loopers these preferences and regardless of how fast they choose to go, it almost always works out to an average of 50 or so miles a day. And it almost yeah. always works out to around 125 days, you know, roughly a year and roughly right. traveling on average one out of every three days. So, you know, we get yeah. asked those questions so much as well, how, how long are you actually cruising? And it, it's just so common that regardless of whether you stayed somewhere three, three and a half weeks or stayed somewhere, you know, hardly at all um right it just always seems to work out to so close yeah. to those same numbers so yeah. Yeah. really fascinating yeah. to me but we actually are I starting up oh, go ahead hal oh i was gonna say one of the other cool things about the trip was because of the speed of our boat dolphins love it and we had we had every day that we cruised from the time we got into mobile bay until we got to new york harbor we had dolphins beside our boat and it never got old ever. That is it fabulous. Was, and it does never yeah. get old. And we see them at home in Charleston. We 
have not seen them a ton on the loop and i've been blaming it on just the sound of our engines they're too you know more uh -huh. powerful du dual engine yeah. i haven't really yeah. thought yeah. about the speed i should we should go a little it's, slower it's, it's and see it's if it uh see if because our, our typical cruising speed is about eight to ten knots but we're usually closer yeah. to that 10 knots end of that spectrum so um yeah yeah. When we leave here, I'm going to have to say, let's do eight, maybe seven. Let's see how yep. that goes because, yep. um, because it is magical and it does never get old. So right. um, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Before we run out of time, um, because we are, we try to keep it pretty close to 30 okay. minutes. Um, okay. Just tell us a little bit, you know, um, what were a couple of the highlights of your trip? You know, that one's it. Everybody has asked us that, and that's very tough to answer. It's it is. very tough. Um, I think the whole trip was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, just the places you saw, the, the other boaters that we met, um, we now have, you know, other friends that are, are that we in, are in contact with. And it's, it's where you, you met that group that came down the river. And then the moment you hit Mobile Bay, you all kind of split up and do your own mm -hmm. thing. And then all of a sudden on the West Coast, or the East Coast, you start meeting up with people again, or especially back in the Great Lakes. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's just, it's a unique experience. But to pick one thing, I can't do it. Yeah, they were, there were so many, but we one day we pulled into Beaufort. Mm -hmm. um, was it Beaufort? Yeah, yeah it was Beaufort. Beaufort. South Carolina? We, yep. Yeah, we pulled into Beaufort. And as we pulled in, um, it was a Sunday and there was a concert being done by the Marine Corps, Corps and the Army. They had joined together. They were doing, the bands, the bands were doing a concert. And yeah. as we pulled in, they were playing, what are they playing? The Stars? The Stars. The Spangled Stars Banner. Banner. And our boat's named Patriot. As right. we told it, it was so, it was just so just cool. Because cool. everybody's looking, you know, and everybody's always looking at your boat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, they're looking and you just hope that you don't, you know, crash <laughs> into the dock or anything. There's stupid. that. <laughs> so that's the first thing. But just to, you know, come in that way or in Washington, D.C. and being able to see the Washington Monument. Yeah. You know, like literally right in front of you for a week. I yeah. just, I think it's it's getting to see the United States from a different perspective. Right. Absolutely. Traveling down the river by Shenandoah and 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 and, and those things are, are in the South where it's the Civil War and then all of a sudden you're into the American history and the American Revolution and, and mm -hmm. that history, you know, and mm -hmm. it just changes. And um, it, it's really phenomenal to know that, you know, and at one point you crossed where Washington crossed the Delaware. So, yeah. you know, and, or come into you know, New York City and know that your ancestors came into New York the same way that you yes. were coming in, yep. going, you know, going and through then, Ellis Island. And as Hal said, the people, but I have to tell you, the people in the towns that we were in, they could not have been more welcoming. Yeah. They, incredible i mean just and they were also interested in what you were doing and why you were doing it and um and again i'll i'll repeat i mean some people say that they've had issues like maybe when they've docked and they we did not we right. we just didn't and if you're alert like you would be at home when you're in the city or whatever we just didn't have issues and i think you know the towns that we went to the people were great the camaraderie between the loopers and quite honestly, some non-loopers that obviously you ran into yeah. as you went, it was phenomenal. And it was, yeah. we, it, it's we, a whole different network of people, I think. We were not afraid or too proud to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Talking or anything like yeah. that. We asked, I, oh, that's yeah. good advice. <laughs> yeah. no, I have, I have actually, yeah. 
I've had um, multiple bloopers who have finished the trip um, use this this same phrase that this restored their faith in humanity yes. because yes. of the other loopers, but also because of the people in the towns. You just meet so yep. many people willing to help or just yep. people yep. who are curious about what you're doing or people who want to tell you about their town that it's, you don't see that in everyday life anymore. Right. Um, and it's kind of a return to kind of that small town lifestyle where people look out for each other. And it's just one of the things that makes the trip just such an amazing journey. But and like you anyway, said, the sponsored mm -hmm. marinas, the, the marinas that were sponsors, yeah, they were fantastic. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, yeah. really, I mean, like you'd call in, we'd make, we made our appointments, our, our, um, we made reservations probably a little bit earlier than a lot of other people did. Mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes people would make reservations on the same day. We tended not to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so we would make our reservations maybe a couple days out. The communication back and forth really was fantastic. Love you know, it. it's, you know, they'd let you know, they do you need help when you dock, when you dock, they would really give you the real quick lowdown of what you could expect when you walked into their town. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I would highly recommend using those, you know, if you can find a marina that's a sponsor that's available, go for it. Yeah, well, thank you for that. That, that uh, means a lot to us and to our sponsors. So um, any final advice before we wrap up for those who maybe are contemplating following in your footsteps? I'm sorry. I think we lost the audio for just a second there, Hal. Just start that oh, one okay. again. There we go. I said the big, the biggest thing is really and truly have a plan, but not a schedule. You know, mm -hmm. the schedule is what gets you in trouble and right off the bat. Um, so just have a plan and enjoy it and, and, and just have a lot of fun with it. We did. And reach out, reach out to the Harbor hosts that are yeah. out there. Yeah. Great point. Um, they're, they're another resource. I think that sometimes you, I think you, you forget, or you think that you're going to infringe on their time. And really, you're not, if they, if they don't want to be a harbor host, they're not going to be a harbor host. <laughs> exactly. You know? So it, I mean, that was the other thing was like Hal says, you can't be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, the other, the yeah. other, I think probably the other thing that we didn't even mention is Nebo and the instant messaging that you can do on Nebo, you're getting real time information on that. And we would message people if we were going to stay someplace or like when we were on the river system and how is this anchorage or, or things like that. And you'd get information back because you saw that boat. And then later on, you might meet up with them and then yeah. like, okay, I know who you are now and, and yeah. things like that. But really and truly that was, that was a great tool. To use. Yeah. And for anyone who's uh, listening and not familiar with Nebo, it is an app. It's spelled N-E-B-O, Nebo. Um, it's a third party app that AGLCA has adopted as its way for members to find one another on the water. It does some other really cool things besides that. Um, but in this regard that what Hal is talking about, it is extremely useful because it is truly real time. Um, you can see where other loopers are and we've used it, you know, approaching some of the free walls on the Erie Canal. A little bit late in the day, knowing there were a lot of boats out there, we would um, message somebody who was already there and say, hey, is there still room or should we come up, you know, should we go to Anchorage? Um, really helpful. So just wanted to add that in case anyone was unfamiliar with it and because it is a really good piece of advice. So thank you for sharing that too. You both have given us kind of a lot of gems to uh, to think about and I think it'll be okay. really useful for others who are considering the Great Loop. So thank you for that. We really appreciate you being with us. Well, thank no you problem. For thank us. you. Thank you for asking. My pleasure. And for everyone who has listened today, we will be back next week with another episode of the Great Loop Radio podcast. Until then, safe cruising.